Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for uh, joining us on uh, today's uh, Telotown Hall. I'm John Falchiglio. I'm the Acting uh, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, uh, and I'm joined here uh, in studio, as we'll say, uh, with Sabang Lake Cook, DEMPES Director of Business Development. Uh, so as you know, it's been a busy few weeks uh, for us uh, on a number of fronts. Uh, we are navigating through phase one of reopening in support of businesses and community partners. Uh, businesses are staying within the guidelines of reopening uh, while uh, we see uh, more uh, partnership uh, with the district uh, and our business improvement districts and our main streets who've begun to uh, distribute uh, PPE, uh, hand sanitizer, um, and other products in order to, in order to help uh, everyone remain in compliance. And so as we steadily open the economy, uh, we have not uh, seen a dramatic increase in the number of new cases uh, because our residents and our businesses are uh, doing the work of adhering to the guidelines laid out by the Department of Health. Uh, we're also making contact tracing readily available for district residents, and we're opening more testing sites, uh, not just at certain centers or private testing or providers, uh, but across our firehouses. Uh, so last week we had uh, two firehouses open each evening, uh, and this week we've increased it to four firehouses open each evening. Uh, so we also have seen, uh, since we last spoke, uh, demonstrations. And we know that uh, we continue to fight along uh, Mayor Bowser and our other elected leaders uh, to fight race for racial equity uh, and condemn the appalling attacks by the federal government on individuals who are exercising their First Amendment rights. And we stand together uh, to make a statement on 16th Street uh, that black lives matter and black humanity matters. Uh, and that message uh, from Mayor Bowser has resonated uh, both nationally and internationally. So we still have to look at the work that we have to do on equity, uh, but there is progress and there's growth in the district. Uh, and so we want to do uh, what we do each week is try to elevate uh, some businesses that are doing the work uh, to serve their community. Um, and so ahead of moving to phase two, uh, it was important for us to get together today to talk about a program that has gotten a lot of attention uh, of late, which is the microgrant program, and another program which is, uh, uh, has a longer uh, uh, shelf life, has been around much longer, which is the Great Streets Grant Program. Uh, and so we'll talk to you about those uh, two programs today and hear from some recipients uh, of those awards. Uh, but before we introduce our business owners, I did want to take a moment to bring in uh, the Director of the Department of Employment Services, uh, Dr. Unique Mars Hughes, uh, for an update on where we stand uh, with uh, the uh, disbursement of unemployment uh, benefits. And uh, Dr. Hughes, can you hear me? Uh, Unique, are you with us? I see on the screen that we may have lost unique. So what I'd like to do is why don't we jump into uh, the panel first and I'll uh, turn it over to Sabangoy to introduce all of our business owners and I want to thank them for joining us uh, on this Tuesday afternoon. Sabangoy? Thank you, uh, Deputy Mayor. So it's uh, exciting and, and a pleasure to once again be here before you this afternoon. Just a quick summary about the microgrant program if you are unaware of what it is. Uh, it is a, a program that, of course, the mayor and the council uh, put together to uh, provide infusions of, of cash to small businesses here in the district through this uh, environment, through COVID-19. That's up to $25 million, and inside of a week and a half, uh, we also were able to uh, gleam additional funds through DHCD uh, and uh, investing an additional uh, $3 million out of CDBG dollars uh, increasing our commitment to work in our communities in Ward 7 and 8. Uh, and on top of that, also working with Events DC, uh, who also, we also partnered with for a total of $33 million total uh, to provide to small businesses here in the district. Uh, and on May 30th, we published all of the conditional awards that uh, have been received as of May 30th. Uh, we had reviewed uh, over 7,400 applications and awarded seven, and conditionally awarded uh, 7,018 7, applications uh, as of May 30th. Uh, that program is continuing to move forward as we ensure that everyone receives their award. 
Um, and so the other element that the deputy mayor mentioned was our Great Streets program. Great Streets program has been around for a while. Uh, it was designed to work, employ, to actually fund uh, small businesses in retail priority areas uh, and activating them and making sure they're these livable, walkable, exciting uh, retail experience for everyone across the city. Uh, and so uh, we did, along with the mayor, uh, do a great uh, announcement of ribbon cutting in January, if I recall, uh, uh, announcing all of the grocery grantees for fiscal year 20. Um, and so today we do have one or two of those grantees with us. One uh, that I'd like to congratulate, they're the first grantee to reopen in the same weekend that uh, the reopen phase took place. So uh, I did want to congratulate him, but I'd like to just go ahead and jump into the speaker, the, the, the owners that we have with us today. We have Pinky Reddick of Pinky's Eats, LLC. She's a chef and caterer uh, out of Ward 7. Uh, she received uh, some funding through our microgrant program. We also have Mazar Hamid, Mazir Hamid, I'm sorry if I, I butchered your name, uh, who also received a microgrant from us today with us. Uh, we also have Cliche China Sutton, who was a former Great Street grantee, uh, I think it was three years ago, uh, but we, she also received a micro grant. Uh, she has a beauty salon in Ward 5. And we have David Ventura, who is our most current recipient of the Great Street grant for fiscal year 20, um, and he has a restaurant that's right here in uh, Ward 4 up on Georgia Avenue. So I do want to welcome you guys. Thank you guys for being here with us today. We certainly appreciate your time. Uh, and so what I'd like to do is I'm just going to ask a couple of questions, and uh, you guys feel free to respond uh, as I go through these. The first one is, the COVID-19 emergency has ushered the district and the world, uh, quite frankly, into a new normal. And as you think about your business pre-COVID-19 and the continuous changes that you see in the world and here in the district, can you share what was or, uh, or is your biggest fear uh, and what has given you hope so far? Any, any one of you can respond and just mention your name. Yes, uh, my name is David Ventura, and I am, uh, I am the owner and chef of El Toro Ghost Restaurant in uh, the First World area. And uh, my uh, biggest fear at the start of this pandemic was that we would not be able to make it and, uh, throughout the, all this uh, pandemic. And uh, we probably will have to close the business. But, you know, the community has given me hope mm -hmm. that a lot of business will come out stronger after uh, we return to, let's say, the normal life. Mm -hmm. But the community has been a, a strong support, you know, for us. And uh, by ordering food by phone or uh, through Uber Eats and uh, GrabHub. Oh, fantastic! That's fantastic, David. Thank you so much. Anyone else have a would like to provide a comment? Hi, this is Cliche China Sutton, um, the owner of Studio Elon in Ward Five. And one of the biggest fears that we experienced was that we are an in-person operation and the unforeseen of, of what it would look like to reopen and the precautionary methods to take. Uh, but what's giving me hope is that you know, we are able to, to service guests at a, a staggering you know, a scheduling schedule, but it also just, it just it, being back into the community and just being welcomed and being able to offer uh, our community services, knowing that they, they missed us and, you know, we're there for them, whether it's to service them or emotionally or just to, to talk, um, that, that's pretty much is what is giving me hope and and seeing that we are able to operate just, you know, just at a slower pace. And, Cliche, because you are a in-person business, what have you seen sort of, have people been showing up for their, when they make an appointment, do they show up for the appointment? And 
what happens when somebody just sort of walks up to how have you been able to handle that? Right. Thank you. So we are only accepting our our regular clients. We we aren't um, taking any new clients at the moment. Uh, so we don't accept walk in walk ins. We have um, online scheduling, and they are required. We're doing uh, temperature checks when they come in. They have we have a questionnaire and as well as a waiver for them to sign, just to say that they haven't traveled or you know just a regular. COVID-19 uh, questionnaire, and uh, so, yeah, but as far as someone just walking up or calling that are not our normal or regular clients, uh, we're, we're, unfortunately, at this time, we're unable to service them. Got it. Got it. Thank you, Cliche. Uh, what I'd like to do is uh, take a step back and allow you all to just introduce yourselves and talk a little bit, just a couple of minutes about what your business, what your business is. And I'd like to start with uh, Mazir uh, of Mazir Snack Bar. Mazir Hamid, would you like to talk yeah, a little hi. bit about Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is Mazir Hamid. Uh, I'm a blind um, uh, entrepreneur. Uh, um, otherwise known as a Randolph Shepard Blind Vendor. Uh, it's basically a program for blind individuals to um, uh, get uh, training and uh, then get placed in federal buildings to operate food service concessions. I've been doing this for uh, 15 years. Uh, the program is housed at the Department of Disability Services under the Rehabilitation Services Administration. So let me just, uh, first of all, I wanted to, the question you were asking about COVID and what's the biggest challenge, I think I, I, uh, I just wanted to say that um, um, uh, uh, my locations are inside federal buildings and uh, pretty much everyone is teleworking right now. And my biggest fear is, yeah, my, the, the biggest challenge we had was with COVID-19 was uh, basically how uh, to, to get a to get a grip on uh, public sensibilities about the problem. The the you know uh, what is it we're looking at? How are we going to cope with it? And how do we um, handle food safety issues? So we've been um, uh, closed since March 18th, and. Uh, my biggest fear is that the leadership of the White House uh, encouraging people not to wear masks and and to do otherwise. Uh, uh, well, um, I'm just afraid that within federal buildings, the political leadership in buildings is going to set the pace for for behavior inside the buildings. And uh, I'm not sure if we ask people for example, to wear masks when they enter my snack bar, whether they will comply or whether I'll be found you know, to be unreasonable and so on. And I'm 70 years old, so I have a little bit of a concern about my own uh, safety as well. But uh, um, uh, I, I should say, before I go any further, that I, I really appreciate uh, what the district did in in very rapidly setting up the machinery for uh, for assisting uh, uh, district uh, residents. Uh, uh, I I had hardly recovered from the shock of having to close down and worrying about my livelihood, and I saw that you guys already had the machinery up and running for for, for this micro grant and and um, both with respect to that with uh, setting up the machinery for PUA and the mayor's very uh, direct response to the emergency issues on the on on, on the streets the other day. Uh, I, that's what gives me hope and encouragement that you know we're 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 going to be okay. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Maz. I really appreciate that, Mr. Um, uh Pinky, Pinky, would you like to tell us a little bit about your business? I see you smiling. Hi, how are you? Hi there. Uh, so, hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so my company is Pinky Eats, it's Eats That Excites the Eyes. So we're a catering um, catering company that provides a food experience that does a mix between 
like healthier options um, for traditional soul food. So we do some vegetarian, some vegan food options, and some regular traditional food options. But we do it through a fusion of fresh herbs and spices and vegetables. And um, pre-COVID, a lot of our business came from government agencies as well. We had a, a, a partnership with the Department of Defense where we did pop-ups four to five times a week. And so the minute that COVID hit, all of that stopped. So any of the government buildings we were doing the pop-ups in, um, our catering books were pretty filled for March, April, May, especially June, and everything was canceled due to all the venues closing. And so my biggest fear is that what do I tell my team when most of them are the sole providers for their families? Because if they don't have an income, their family has it, has no income. And so I think that was the biggest thing, like, what do I tell these people and what do we do? Because I have a family as well. And um, so just I'm, I'm so excited that we do have options in D.C. to help small businesses. I appreciate the partnerships that I was able to uh, leverage and build on during this time because um, BCAP and CHNED has been a great help and allowing me to sustain business um, during this time and bring most of my team members back. I couldn't bring everybody back, but most of them back um, doing package meals for local hospitals and then a partnership with Dreaming Out Loud and World Central Kitchen to provide a meal relief has also kept me afloat. And that, that also gave me hope to know that it's going to be okay because the first thought was, is business over? Am I ever going to be able to do business again? It was just a lot of uncertainty. And so now I think the, the idea is to use whatever funds available to really pivot the business and be sustainable in this new normal. And um, and so that's that's where I am, just um, learning how to collaborate with organ- other organizations, other food businesses, to bring a full package, partner with Metropolitan AME Church, who's been amazing and um, supporting me as a small business and uh, creating an incubator there that will help me and two to three other small businesses be able to provide meals to our families and our community. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you so much, Pinky. Um, And Mr. David Ventura, did you want to talk a little bit about your business? I know you did when you answered the question, but can you share your location and where you are? Yes. uh Thank you. Uh, my name is David Ventura, and like I say, I am the owner and chef of El Torogos Restaurant, which is located at uh, 4231 9th uh, Street Northwest. And I've been here uh, since 2000. And uh, I came uh, to the metropolitan area 44 years ago. And all my life has been cooking, you know, that's what I do best, and uh, so in uh, the year 2000, uh, we opened uh, a space here as a carry-out only with my wife, and, but then in 2005, 2004, the uh, space uh, next door became available, so we expanded, and uh, we put the uh, dining room in the small bar, and uh, we've been here since uh, 2005, serving the community, you know, um, and uh, bringing, uh, you know, our culture also, our food, people love the food here, mm-hmm. and uh, like I say, you know, I, all my life has been uh, cooking, and that's what I do best. So we are here, and we've been, like, every business, traveling to survive situations and now the pandemic, but we are still here and I am so glad that the community has extremely supported us. And I am very happy to continue cooking and working hard, you know, to stay open and uh, cook for uh, the people, you know, sometimes it's, it's so, you feel so good so happy when you are preparing a meal for somebody that you don't even know, you know. But uh, it's, it's very good to do what you do best and what you love to do. And for me, that's 
that's my passion, you know, to cook. And I'm here, you know, and I'm planning to stay as long as we can. That's fantastic, David. Thank you so much. I'm going to direct this question really quickly to Cliche, and then anyone else uh, following her can, can respond to this. Often, talk about persistence, grit, and, and dogged commitment that entrepreneurs have. It's part of the fiber of our small business owners. Certainly, COVID-19 emergency has tested you and your business. As a longtime business, what is a lesson that you can share with fellow business owners about being resilient in these challenging times? Uh, I would definitely say um, it's not how hard you fall, it's how you get up. Um, and just having the consistency, persistency, like just not stopping and not giving up, like, you know, no matter how bleak or how dark things may appear, um, I believe that the pain is the high cost of growth. So if we don't experience pain personally or professionally, then we're not allotted the opportunity to grow. Um, and and just learning different ways to pivot whatever your, your business is. Um, and it's kind of hard for me because, like I said, we are an in-person, you know, personable operation. However, there are many platforms, you know, just like building a, 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 a virtual platform, uh, utilizing the ability to, to start your businesses online and, and, and pivot and market differently, like some of the businesses that uh, have, like, you know, food services that I'm just listening to the owners, the other owners, and I'm thinking already of different ways that they can to, to grow their business just with an online, building that online presence. So, you know, just, just not, not being totally depleted and giving up and just keeping a positive outlook, even though things can be extremely negative or appear to be negative, um, just, you know, looking forward to that light at the end of the tunnel. That's mm -hmm. kind of what has kept me going and keeping my family at the forefront, knowing that I have got to to make things work. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's, that's my motto, and I've, I've kept that for over the past 16 years. Thank you, Cliche. Um, Pinky or Mazir or David, did you guys have anything to add? Yeah, I have, uh, I'd say uh, I have. I'm not sure about uh, how much uh, grit I've got. I, 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 uh, I've been working pretty hard at uh, trying to innovate and do do things to to keep ahead of the game um, uh, for many years. Food business is always tough, but uh, if you're in a federal building where you are looking right now at a situation where people are going to not readily come back from telework, particularly if they have children who require daycare, who require um, uh, uh, who need to be in school, or where they have elderly family members or others who need uh, to be protected. Uh, so I think uh, um, in terms of my own particular situation, we're looking at a daunting set of challenges ahead where where the building wants us to reopen before they are adequately staffed in order to give them give the workforce at least some um food options in the building and so um uh, so I know there's going to be a period of um, of having to to um um to to uh uh just accept a uh a lower volume of business and I'm thinking of it as a as a period in which I can further entrench my relationships with individual customers uh because we really rely on daily customers who are in the building. We don't have any business outside the building. We 
these are all secure buildings, so you can't do an online presence and you know reach outside the building. Um, uh, although I'm, uh, um, I I always thought it was too tough for me to do it. I have now, as a result of the grant uh, and uh, and Vasif uh, sponsorship of the the uh, digital <coughs> boot camp. Um, uh, I'm in the process of putting together um, a website, and uh, and I think it'll help me with. Um, doing the message, the COVID-related safety messaging on it, and also to just uh, f- uh, uh, require everyone to order uh, via telephone. And when they come to the snack bar, I can just uh, have my staff hand them their food, um, so we don't have crowding in the place. So, so I mean, uh, just improvising. Really, I'm not. Th- I'm. I'm not sure it's more enduring than that. Gotcha. Pinky, any advice for you? Any any lessons that you would share with small businesses? I would say um, collaboration has been um, my my I guess my my go to right now because building collaborations with other entrepreneurs, other food businesses, um, other organizations has allowed me to stay afloat, and um, I think that'll help other food businesses. Because there are some people who can't make it alone, but if they partner, you can possibly make it together. And so I would suggest just being consistent because entrepreneurship isn't easy at all. It takes some tough skin. And so just being tough and being consistent and being able to collaborate with others to make it happen. Sometimes you got to join forces to make things happen, and that's okay. And um, and that's what I'm looking to do, um, to move forward and sustain in this COVID-19 environment. Thank you so much for that. My my last and final question, um, because I I don't want to go over too much time here. Um, All of you guys received either a micro-grant or, David, I know you were our most current uh, Great Treat recipient, which with our Great Treat recipients for this year, we modified their grants to allow them the opportunity Use those for, those funds for operational purposes due to our due to COVID nineteen. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how the the micro grant has possibly helped you uh, help you guys. Yes, um, the my this uh, we got the uh, great street grant, and uh, this has allowed us to update the space, you know, to do some remodeling. Uh, we changed uh, the window. We uh, uh, paint the interior. Uh, we put up a new uh, drop ceiling. We paint the exterior. We're going to get a new sign for the restaurant. And uh, it's been a, a lot of uh, help for us because uh, we were uh, we were already closed, right? And uh, this uh, grant it came just almost in time when we were closed, you know, by the pandemic. And uh, so we were able to do all the renovation on, you know, uh, in a matter of uh, less than a month. And, uh, but like I I say, you know, uh, the place, we've been here uh, for 20 years, and uh, it really needs uh, renovation. And uh, with the Greater Street Grant, we did all that, and I so grateful uh, with the mayor for all this uh, help that is uh, given to a small business. And uh, it, it, it's now the place, is, it looks a lot of uh, different, of course, because we got a new tables, we got new windows, we got new chairs, new wheelies on the bar, and, uh, and it's great. I feel so happy for that, and I'm so grateful, you know, with the city, with the mayor, uh, for all this uh, help that she's uh, given us, you know, as a small business. And uh, I am really happy about all this uh, process. Fantastic. Anybody else want to share what they've, they've been planning to use their microgrant funds for? Hi. This is Mazar Hamid. Uh, um, I lost uh, a lot of my inventory. Um, 
obviously because of spoilage, because of the sudden shutdown uh, of um, two locations. And um, the way our program works, the Randall Shepard Funding Facility Program, um, it basically gives, gives you startup capital. And the startup capital is basically money for inventory and petty cash. So um, uh, um, uh, two issues for me. One, we're sitting with uh, uh, the, uh, the, the federal government is saying essentially that it looks like it's going to be a two-month timeline before they're going to be able to do minimal staffing that would support food operations. And secondly, uh, um, um, a lot of other blind vendors in the program who need funds, and the program is obviously running out of funds. So I repaid my debt to the district government <laughs> for my inventory. So I'll be able to purchase inventory um, um, uh, and, uh, free of uh, the headache of worrying about uh, additional large liabilities. So. Uh, so I was able to share it, uh, put it in, in a pool that uh, will uh, be helpful for all the other blind vendors in our program. I hope it's okay. <laughs> yes, you would have gotten it. Pinky? Hi, this is Cliche. So I, I'm extremely grateful. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity um, to have been awarded the micro grant and my previous experience with and current experience actually with the um, Rhode Island Avenue Great Street. Um, you both have been a great, you know, asset to helping my business to stay afloat. Uh, I was able to get, you know, pretty current on all of my delinquencies as far as the the minimum delinquencies, so, you know, insurance and, you know, utilities and, uh, you know, closing out some of the vendors that I know that I will not be able to order with large quantities any longer, but just finalizing those invoices. So it has been a great help. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, our Great Streets has been a extreme support for me as well and trying to help figure out just how we can just stay afloat. So, you know, it, it's great. And we, I definitely would look forward to more opportunities, such as the opportunities that have been offered to, to help leverage a little of the financial relief. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Okay, so... My funds have been directed mostly towards my team and uh, my lease so that I can, you know, give, get a chance to be able to bring some revenue back into the business. Um, so as long as the, the space is paid for, then I'm able to operate, then that helps me a whole lot. So that's where my funds were directed. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to pivot in and send it back to uh Deputy Mayor of Salchicchio. But thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to allow uh, Deputy Mayor Salchicchio to continue to guide us through our conversations. We appreciate your time. If you could just hang on, because there may even be some questions for you guys. Okay? Absolutely. Okay. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time to uh, share your stories. Uh, we all know how stressful of a time this is for everyone, uh, but taking the time to share your story and how you're getting through it gives each of us hope. Uh, so I know you've talked about pivots. You've talked about what you've had to overcome, so we appreciate that. What we're going to do now is we're going to ask uh, those who are listening, uh, if you have a question, you could actually ask of uh, any of us, uh, the panel, uh, any of the business owners who are with us. Um, you could press zero on your phone now. So if you press zero, that'll get you into the queue uh, to ask a question uh, for anybody who's listening and wants to ask. Uh, we do have with us uh, Unique Mars Hughes, uh, the Department of Employment Services. Uh, this time, everybody's nodding their head, but this time I'm going to see if it works. So, Unique, are you with us to give us an update on uh, Unique? I think it's I magic, you. John. I'm here. It works. <laughs> well, I know you've been working with magic for a couple of uh, weeks, months now. 
so I'll turn it to you for an update on how we're doing on uh, unemployment. Sure. Um, thank you for the opportunity to provide a quick briefing, and I apologize for the issue earlier um, as I was looking at everyone but didn't hear anyone. Um, so just a, a high-level update. Um, uh, since March 13th, we've had over 114,000 claims um, that have been filed in the District of Columbia, um, of which about 69, over 69,000 um, have currently uh, been paid. Um, there are really three types of um, additional benefits that are being offered outside of the standard unemployment insurance. Um, the first is PEUC, which is a short for Pandemic Emergency Unemployment uh, Compensation. And that is the ability for individuals who were previously unemployed uh, to have an extension on their benefits for a total of um, up to 39 weeks, so it's an additional 13 weeks of benefits. Um, additionally, there um, the FPUC, which is the Federal Pandemic Unemployment Compensation Program, um, is an additional $600 that's added on top of the um, maximum weekly benefit uh, for eligible claimants. Now, the good news is that everybody is uh, an eligible uh, a claimant, whether you receive traditional UI, um, PEUC, or even PUA, which is what I'm going to talk about um, uh, next. The $600 plus up um, is good until the end of July unless Congress acts and uh, extends this additional $600 uh, payment. There's a lot of discussion taking place right now um, on the Hill uh, where uh, mostly House Democrats are pushing for the extension of the $600 uh, plus up. Um, the last is the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. Um, and um, this is by far our uh, most uh, flexible uh, tool that we have to help individuals that have been severely impacted by COVID-19. Um, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program allows an individual who is not traditionally eligible for unemployment insurance, so that's your gig workers, your 1099, your uh, self-employed, um, individuals who are, have their own business, to uh, seek uh, additional benefits. Now, the individuals that are eligible to participate in the PUA program are also eligible for this additional $600. Um, so it's important for me to keep saying that uh, everybody, traditional UI, FPUC, PUA, all are eligible for the additional $600. I tell folks that if you um, don't know what you're eligible for, just apply and we will help you uh, determine what you're eligible for. It makes sense to have an application in and process and receiving some benefits during this time um, than to not have anything at all. And then the last tool that we have in our economic uh, recovery toolkit uh, here at DOES is the uh, shared work or the short-term compensation program. And the purpose of this program is to try to prevent layoffs from small, well, from businesses. So the idea is that you come up with a plan, you work with a DOES representative, um, and um, we work together on a way for you to decrease your staff and your staffing hours and allow your um, impacted employees to file for unemployment uh, assistance. Uh, if you want to know more about any of these programs, plus them, you can go to coronavirus.dc.gov. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thank you, Unique. And uh, while we're seeing up a few uh, call-ins, I was wondering if anybody, uh, any of the businesses who are on our panel have looked at the Shared Work Program uh, and if it works for them. Uh, has anybody looked at that program just yet? Because I know that's one uh, Unique that you want to get some more attention on. Um, so I'm wondering if any of our panelists have had the opportunity to do that. This, this is Miles and Amita. I did read. I haven't. I haven't had a I did, to look at it. I did read about it, and I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I'm interested in it. Obviously, uh, if the glide path to recovery is going to be uh, slow and incremental, it would be helpful to have um, folks 
brought back in on a part-time basis or or on a you know uh on something that allows them both to 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 retain their unemployment benefit and to be able to participate in 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 work. Absolutely. Pinky, your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah I was saying so, I, I haven't looked at it at all. That's good. I'll put I noted that to check that out. All right. Thanks. All right, Unique. I want you to stick with us because we're going to open it up and go to the phone line for some questions. Uh, but I think I have two new uh, interested parties in the uh, shared work program. Uh, in, we're ready in for them, John. <laughs> Fantastic. We're ready for them. Fantastic. All right, let's go to the first call. Let's go to Edward uh, in Ward 1. Edward, can you hear us? Hello? Yes, we can hear you, Edward. Okay, hi. How are you guys doing today? Well, Good. there's a lot of people actually on the phone. Um, so I currently have two restaurants, one in DuPont Circle. The name is Rosemarino d'Italia on 1714 Connecticut Avenue. And then I have a second one, which is the original location in Delray, Alexandria um, in Virginia. So the whole transition and going back and forth to everything in D.C. for takeout, delivery, and patio spaces, but some restaurants are limited to that service, to that extent, which makes it a little bit difficult for some restaurants. And I hear so many feedbacks and complaints and stressness from so many owners. So that's one part. But what, the most important part is this. Um, majority of the restaurants that are located in New Street, DuPont Circle, that are paying a substantial amount in lease terms, um, going back into the what are we are adjusting to the new norm, because a lot of business owners don't understand the whole process of moving forward or what's the next steps, or some of them are stuck or paused during this whole pandemic, and they don't know what to do moving forward. And it concerns me the most because I've recently just started opening a business um, in D.C. We had one at Delray for more than eight years, and seeing the transitions every single year adjust moment by moment, I give the best opinion or expertise advice to all the owners out there. But my question is for DC primarily because there's a lot of landlords that are making tenants pay the rents and at the same time do a balloon payment at the very end of the term once they go back to it. What options are there for restaurants? Because they depend majority of walk-ins at the current moment. So what assistance or what advice or what opinions do you have for any restaurants that I could share in this area just to let them know, like, what are, what, what are some options that everyone could move forward with? Well, let me take to... a – yeah, no, thank you, Edward, for the question. And we hear that one a lot uh, from uh, business owners, uh, really uh, a lot from restaurant owners as well. And so I'll take a first stab at it, and then, uh, Sabangle, if there's anything else to add. Um, just I uh, know that uh, we've been trying to uh, go about the reopening uh, in a steady way. And so we reopened uh, with phase one on May 29th. Uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m., uh, the mayor is actually going to have uh, an announcement about phase two and what phase two will look like in order to ensure uh, that uh, businesses can uh, sort of uh, expand uh, their operations a little bit further. Uh, what we've seen is a decline in the number of new infections. Uh, we've seen community spread also uh, decline in the right direction. Um, and we've uh, built up our contact tracing uh, capability through the DC's contact trace force. And we've also seen that hospitals have stayed steady uh, in their uh, uh, subscription, I guess you would say, or their, uh, their vacancy filled rates, uh, which is about uh, below 80%, which is important. Uh, in case there were another surge. And so uh, with all those things, we're actually able to, and all the sacrifice that everybody has made, we're able to start moving towards a phase two. And so with that, we think businesses will pick up more, uh, but it still leaves that problem uh, that you talked about. So what we're hoping is that uh, landlords and uh, restaurants will be able to have a conversation about how they can work it out. Because I think what's important uh, that we're seeing is that uh, you have to have that conversation with your landlord, and the landlord has to be willing to make some adjustments because there's not another tenant that's waiting to sit in your place and to move into your place. 
And so there is more that we can uh, gain by actually working together to try to work through this. Uh, so Savangle, I don't know if you have any kind of other uh, anecdotes from uh, your experience and your conversation with businesses, but how they've approached uh, that important conversation with the landlord. Um, not not much to add that that is, I mean, it's absolutely right on point. Uh, I know that uh, tenants are absolutely talking to their landlords, uh, particularly restaurants and, and, and the like, around how they can imagine what, how they're going to move forward. So I know that those conversations are having, I'm assuming most businesses like them to happen much faster than uh, the normal, but obviously, yeah, I have heard um, businesses who are having some success and others maybe not so much, but on our side of the house, we're actually trying to identify opportunities and ways where we, where we can support um, the businesses and uh, the landlords. So just identifying those different challenges. But um, there, there have been some, some wins between uh, tenants and, uh, and, uh, and landlords uh, right now. And so we're continuing to hear what, what is the feedback and conversation and let us turn to uh, maybe some of the panelists to see how they've had that conversation uh, with their landlord. Um, uh, has anybody had one of those conversations about kind of their rent and how they uh, would move forward uh, after the or through this pandemic? It's not applicable for for me. Right. In a federal building, I don't I don't have to deal with that. Right. Luckily. Cliche? <laughs> Cliche, can you um, tell us about your experience? Yeah. Um, I am actually blessed. I, I don't have a landlord. I am my landlord. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I didn't I want to pick anyone because I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Cliche. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I had the honor of purchasing my building back in um, 2003. So um, I am negotiating with my mortgage companies because I, I don't own the building outright, but it's it's more of a negotiating with the mortgage company versus the landlord. And how's that conversation been going with the mortgage company? How have you sort of approached it? Do we really have to visit that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it hasn't been the greatest. Uh, I will be quite honest. It it hasn't been the greatest. Um, as you guys know, uh, commercial you know commercial lending is a lot different than residential. So you know, just the astronomical interest rate, like right now, I'm at a fourteen point seven five interest rate. Um, and you know, they they've given me a few months as far as you know, relief, but it doesn't change the fact that at the conclusion of the three months that I would have to come up, you know, with the, the past due, including the interest. Uh, so those those conversations are still, you know, being had, and, and hopefully they'll be able to work with me a little better than some of the agreements that they've sent over me uh, over in the past week or so. Uh, so I've been kind of appealing their decisions just to get uh, – something better, but it, it hasn't been the greatest experience. Why don't we go to the next caller? So Jacqueline uh, in Ward 2. Uh, Jacqueline, can you hear us? Uh, Jacqueline, are you with us? Your line should be open. Yes, I can hear you. Thank you. So Absolutely. I have uh, I have the same question as the last caller, or we were just referring to mortgage companies. So it doesn't sound like she's making much headway. And if you got, if you all can give us suggestions on how we should um, communicate with our our mortgage companies, that would be very helpful. Uh, any suggestions from you know from you all would be very very helpful. Uh, and let's see. Um, I thought when I gave you the questions, you were going to, you would. Okay, and the next question is, uh, is do we have a, um, do you, does, a, does D.C. Uh, have a designated area um, for salons and spas to uh, download signage for our businesses? Yeah, so uh, we have uh, the uh, the 
uh, website, coronavirus.dc.gov. Uh, if you go to the resources page, uh, that's where you'll find a lot of the signage and such uh, that you could uh, download, print, and um, and really kind of post or distribute. Uh, and so I'll make sure, too, that we have that uh, even looked at and updated uh, in the coming days because we will be moving towards phase two. One piece of advice, though, to the uh, folks who are dealing either with a landlord or, uh, like cliche, uh, dealing with a mortgage company uh, or a lender, the um, um, what we've done is we've left up on the website all of the information about sort of when the public health emergency started, uh, when the um, uh, phase one started, and of course when phase two starts as well, we'll post that information. That's actually a good uh, place for you to refer uh, the, uh, the landlord or the lender in order to show them how your business was impacted. We're gonna leave that information up uh, so that you can show them that uh, just how you had to modify your business, and thus why uh, the payment uh, is uh, in question. And so I want to make sure people know that that resource is there and is going to stay there uh, for you, and we'll make sure uh, that we continue to update uh, that with a timeline uh, so that we can make it very clear to everybody sort of how businesses were impacted. So that's one thing uh, that we'll make sure is updated on the coronavirus.dc.gov website as well as the resources uh, that you just referred to in terms of signs uh, to post uh, on the uh, at your business uh, our next question is from Pamela uh, Pamela uh, can you hear us hello good afternoon everybody um thank you so much for the opportunity to ask this question and listen to all the great information tonight so I'm a small bar on H Street. Uh, we go by the name of Ocean Lounge, and we're about one year old, uh, I guess two weeks ago. And it was difficult getting to where we actually got right before the the, uh, the pandemic. We were building our name and brand, and it was looking really great, and then it happened. Um, we were blessed enough to have gotten a grant, and we haven't extended anything yet because we're a little nervous about how that works. but. Um, we'll get some support soon. The question is really pertaining to the status. Like I know we're in phase one, and I'm thinking I heard someone say we may move to phase two by Friday or next week. But in that stage, will that mean um, if we're going to go with a lower capacity, is that going to be like a 50% capacity, which would include my staff, or is it just 50% patronage? That's the first question. And the second question is, whether or not, even in the new phase, will you have to still wear like PPI or the personal protection gear, and you know gloves and scarf and things like that? I and mean, what's the guideline? And maybe it's something that hasn't come out yet. Thank you. Well, thank you, Pamela, and um, uh, very good question. So, uh, in terms of what phase two will look like um, and how uh, businesses, particularly. Uh, restaurants, food establishments will be able to operate. Uh, that announcement is going to be tomorrow at 11 a.m. So immediately prior to this call, I was on a call with the team uh, as we were crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's uh, to make sure that we can communicate with everyone uh, what phase two will look like. Uh, also tomorrow at 11 a.m., uh, the mayor will talk a little bit more about uh, when phase two will start. Uh, so that's going to be important. And to uh, answer your question about the capacity. So that would be answered uh, at tomorrow's 11 a.m. Uh, press conference, which uh, will be streaming on mayor.dc.gov and social media uh, with the handle um, Mayor Bowser. And then in terms of PPE, I want to uh, have Samangoy talk a little bit about uh, where we are with the distribution. I know you had a question about uh, who needs to wear it and such, and that would be answered in tomorrow's announcement. But the PPE distribution, yeah that we've been doing uh, to uh, businesses. So, um, hi, Pamela. The first thing, I know you were uh, talking about the, the microgram. We need to we'll, we'll make sure that someone follows up who are completely comfortable and confident about how you can spend those dollars. We'll just make sure that someone does follow up with you today. Um, regarding the PP, PPE supplies, I know that that was something um, that the administration was really excited to do. It's been led by the Department of Small and Local Business uh, and I know they had been coordinating uh, services and have done a lot, a tremendous amount of work in getting those, getting uh, 
lives out to businesses. I believe if you go to their site, it will even be on our coronavirus.dc.gov website, uh, how you get uh, information and how you get a package. Um, and so I think if you go to the site, you should be able to find that information about PPE so that the coordinating agency, which is a DSLVD for short, uh, should be able to have you uh, on their list. If you haven't already uh, put your information uh, on their list. And if you're unable to uh, find it, like I said, we'll have someone follow up with you regarding the microgrant information, and then we'll also just check in to make sure you were able to get in contact with someone over there at their agency, okay? And we're coming to the close of our time, so I wanted to go back to our small business panelists uh, just to see if there was any kind of parting thoughts. Uh, so, David, uh, anything uh, as we close out here to share with uh, the group? Well, uh, yes, uh, going back to uh, the uh, as uh, uh, rent is concerned, you know, uh, I've been uh, in contact with my landlord here, and uh, he's very cooperative. And uh, but I, I am blessed. We are blessed because we got the uh, PC program, and uh, that's uh, that's been help a lot uh, to, uh, for us, you know, because we have uh, rehired uh, four uh, employees that were let go, you know, when uh, we started the pandemic. And uh, we rehired them, and uh, and we were able to pay also uh, one month of rent. And uh, so, you know, that's uh, – but I don't know if every business has been able to get the uh, PC program, but we did, and I'm so happy for that. Yeah, thank you for actually mentioning that, David, because the PPP program uh, still has funding available. Uh, SBA uh, has been working to uh, work with lenders to make sure that they can continue to administer it. However, it, uh, they only imagine that funding will be available uh, this month uh, through the end of June. And so it's important that uh, businesses uh, talk to their lenders now if they want to take advantage of the PPP program uh, like David did. Uh, Mazir, your uh, final, uh, parting thought? Um, well, uh, uh, you, uh, this last subject you mentioned, PCP, um, the uh, Wells Fargo Bank, uh, Bank of America, um, uh, uh, Eagle Bank, those are three banks where I have uh, relationships. And none of them are accepting PPP. Uh, Wells Fargo mm -hmm. and... Uh, Will Fargo and uh, Bank of America basically hide behind the idea that even though I've been banking with them for 40 years, uh, uh, that my account is not properly categorized as a business account, even though I process my payroll to that account and everything else. So anyway, so um, um, do you? If, are there some um, resources? Uh, I noticed LISC is. Uh, um, uh, has a link for PPP, but uh, and I, I I filled out their forms, but I didn't hear back. I would be interested in finding out where I might get some additional resources on that. Yeah, so what I will do is we'll have uh, Christy Whitfield, our director of our Department of Small and Local uh, Business Development, uh, reach out because what they've been doing is liaisoning with SBA for uh, folks who have been experiencing what you experienced. Uh, and so what we want to do is make sure that you're connected uh, either with a lender or uh, like a bank or uh, with a lender like uh, a CDFI, a Community Development Financial Institution, which has uh, money set aside uh, in the third package of federal action. Uh, and so we'll work to make sure that we follow up with you uh, because the other part of it is that uh, the Department of Smoke, uh, Local Small Business Development uh, excuse me, has been working on technical assistance themselves, but then also technical assistance centers uh, that the SBA has um, uh, has identified. So why don't we work to make sure that you're connected and mm -hmm. we could follow up mm -hmm. uh, after the call on that, because I know that you, uh, experience that you're having is not unique to you, and I think others have been able to navigate it, uh, so we'll be sure to follow up with you uh, after the call. I'd appreciate that. And, and, and my last uh, thought, yeah, my parting thought is really, really simply to to, to uh, salute the DC government for for its uh, extraordinary efforts to this uh, to this period of uh, unprecedented challenge, and I had never really uh, previously had need to be 
so close to so much danger and to so much so much um effective um uh activity in response to it both to both to protect the public and to deliver um needed services and uh, particularly for the Department of Employment Services, the speed with which they set up that uh, the PUA benefit, you know, we beat the rest of the country. There were only like nine other states that were ahead of us. I mean, some states are still struggling, even though April was pretty tough for most of us waiting for unemployment. Uh, can, can you record uh, that for me? And, and uh, <laughs> can we record that? I, 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 I I would be happy to. I, and as a matter of fact, I sent some comments uh, along those lines. I'm not sure uh, um, if they passed them on to you, but I, I asked them specifically to pass them on to you. But I do need your assistance with, with, for example, I have one employee who has not been able to get benefits. He is eligible. He doesn't have a computer. He doesn't have. He has a flip phone. And trying to, and he, and he tried to, to do um, the basic application. He got processed. They said he's fine. He's eligible. And then, of course, he doesn't know how to do the weekly claim thing. So he's still waiting for his his, his benefits. So, and, so uh, I'll, I'll make sure if we can give uh, give him my email address. And contact information. Um, we'll we'll get you help. So maybe some Bombay okay. or somebody on the other side there. But we'll walk you through on how to take care of those certification or your employees through on how to take care of those certifications over the phone. And, All right, and unique, thank you so much. Unique, do you have the phone number handy too for folks to call uh, if they're having trouble? Two zero two seven two seven one thousand. Great. Uh, so I know that uh, there are others who have experienced uh, issues, and I know that, uh, Unique, you continue to uh, have a lot of capacity on the phone line uh, to make sure that they, uh, folks are getting uh, heard and getting uh, resolved. So thank you for that work. Uh, Pinky? I just wanted to say thank you all for the opportunity to share my story, and uh, thank you for just caring about small businesses in D.C., because um, I've had a lot of help from the city supporting me, my staff, and others that I do know. So I appreciate you all having me on today and all the work that you all are doing. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, Unique, did I jump in? Did you want to close out with something? Did you have cliche closed? Uh, if not, uh, we could go to cliche uh, to close this out. Okay. Um, I just had one suggestion that I wanted to share with the uh, small business owners, and it's in reference to your your business insurance. Um, when you or if you haven't get the opportunity to actually uh, reach out to your business insurance company, there are certain um, guidelines that exclude for business interruption, um, immediately I thought to, you know, contact my business my business insurance for to let them know about the business interruption um, that has, a, a, you know, transpired, which they already knew about. However, there's a clause in the policy that indicates for, like, a natural disaster or, you know, a virus or a disease that the businesses are not covered. So right now I'm actually building, like, a case on how we can come together to to dispute that and what does that, you know, like, how, how would that work? So I'm not sure if you guys have even considered the thought of, of reaching out to your, your business insurance companies, but I would highly recommend you do so and to see how you can build that clause into your policy and you know, it may be an additional fee or additional rate that will go up on your premiums, but this is one thing that I realized throughout this entire, you know, journey over the past four months is there are certain things that we have in place that don't benefit when times like this occur because they, they don't really happen. This is an unforeseen event, and I'm not even sure if the insurance companies were – 
equipped for something like this. So I just wanted to recommend that you reach out to your insurance companies and to see exactly what your policy outlines and what the clauses are. And also to thank you guys for the opportunity. Um, I I really appreciate working with with the team, um, D.C., Sabangli. You're amazing. Um, like I said, Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, DSLBD, my council's office. I it's been a great reward to know that I can reach out and, and get some of the answers that, that I need. So I really appreciate that. And I would like to offer, you know, any joint opportunities that you guys, as far as business owners, would like some partnership or some way that we can work together so that we can build each other. I am more than willing to do that. Great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Cliche. Thank you all for joining us. I want to thank uh, Sabango and Unique uh, for the work that they're doing every day, uh, which really I think a lot of the business owners showcase uh, kind of that interaction that we have. Uh, you know, Mayor Bowser talked about uh, really the uh, re renaissance in the city really has been uh, uh, two indicators have really shown, one, the increase in public safety and the increase in uh, uh, our schools and school reform. And we know that all of that is powered, though, uh, by the businesses that uh, have increased our revenue. Uh, and we know that just in the mayor's time uh, in office, uh, our revenues have increased 30%. And when we talk about that, uh, it means that we can make the key investments in human services, in education, in affordable housing. And so the businesses that you see showcased today have all contributed to that. And so we're grateful uh, for what you've done to have a business here in D.C., employ D.C. residents, and really give back to this community as well. So we'll leave you there. Uh, all of our information, again, is at coronavirus.dc.gov. Uh, look out for tomorrow's uh, press conference at 11 a.m. Uh, where we'll talk a little bit more about what phase two will look like. And we want to thank you all for tuning in and continue to be safe. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank thanks you. very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.